Welcome to episode 409 of the Doctor Day, Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wife, Ginger. Hello. Today we're going to talk about episode 4 of Shada. Yes, we start with uh, going back to where the uh, Watkins is coming to. Um, Watkins? Wilkins. I keep wanting to call him Watkins. Wilkins uh, is knocking at the door for... Uh, the girl in professor's office and opens the door to find that there's nothing there but you know, blue nothing blue nothingness actually and then on the ship there's no oxygen for the doctor um, canine and chris are essentially pacing in their little cell and crystal can understand how he can't get out when romano is able to think her way out it appears and then it says well it's just no good and then there's a the same flash of of light and they are taken out of the cell they manage to we learn that they find their way to the control room and K9 revives the doctor and or turns on the the oxygen again revives the doctor informs the doctor that uh, Romana has been uh taken and uh, that the TARDIS is gone. TARDIS is on a, what does he tell him? Maybe he doesn't tell him, but the TARDIS, he tells him that the TARDIS and Romana are gone. Um, Romana and Skagra are on a large command ship, a carrier ship, he calls it. Um, And Skagra says how he need. He realizes that he needs time lord technology to see what the time lords are hiding. Um, on the ship, she sees the um, creatures called a crab. Uh, sees one of them form. They form out of like carbon plates, uh, like a um, just covered with these like scales that are made of carbon. And, and, uh, can be different colored or reflective. The, um, the doctor takes off in the invisible ship and uh, unbeknownst to him there's a crag materializing in the ship. The doctor uh, tries to follow the to the uh, carrier ship and is made to discover that the journey will take three months or something like that so he works with the ship to realign its drive so that it can and um, go anywhere at any time and once he does this we hear a familiar noise like the TARDIS and the ship materializes where he needs so Claire has awakened on the floor where she fell in the transport Um, she gets up and starts uh, looking around a bit and sits down and is startled by Professor Kernotis popping up from behind a chair and he seems to be in his night clothes and including nightcap and he says oh what have you done with my machine and uh, he goes over to the controls and looks at him and then turns and smiles at her and says tea um Skagra is using the information from the sphere on the carrier ship 
and he's reading the info from the doctor's mind, um, he gets frustrated because one word keeps showing up, insoluble, I think is what the word was. Insoluble. Insolvable. Insolvable, okay. Um, and uh, he's not able to find out anything, but then he, he realizes that the book is going to be the key to finding this um, most feared Time Lord criminal. Doctor and uh, the crew of the invisible ship uh, prepare to dock. When they do, the crag has materialized and it bursts into the control room. Um, Doctor boosts canine power with a, an extra cable, and canine is uh, told to blast him and hold him off. Claire asks exactly who. Who are you to the professor? She's not met him before, so he says who he is and and kind of when he is. He says I I am and will be and have been Professor Cronotus, and he says how he says we time lords just don't have a good explanation for or good vocabulary vocabulary for describing this situation we find ourselves in and he, she doesn't understand him and he says well it's kind of being timeless he says is kind of outside of time um and he says how he has very old old tardis he rescued it virtually from a scrap heap and he's not supposed to have one anyway and again she he sees that she's really confused so he tries to explain a little more and says that her he's kind of a does he say a ghost Oh, he's an enigma, a kind of a, an anomaly in an enigma. A paradox. A paradox, he says. Uh, he said that her activation, accidentally, activation of his TARDIS, um, at just the right point, it crossed his timeline or he would have been just into nothingness. So he was suspended um, in this time field of the machine that she that she set off um, he says how uh, he had lent the book to Chris and he realized that it was a very dangerous book and he, he needs to get it back the key, the book is the key to Shada Shada is the ancient hidden prison of the Time Lords um, and uh, people were, were made you forget it because of the danger and he says oh, well, you know, we must find this book Skagra must be stopped and she says exactly um, what would be you know what is he after what what is what is there in prison and he says oh it's not a what it's a who so Skagra is still reviewing files reviewing info um, and he's not gained much more information from the, the sphere. So he takes the sphere and Amana and they head back to the TARDIS. Chris and the doctor leave the ship uh, and go to the carrier ship. In the carrier ship, we hear the recording of the International Space something center um, 
been quarantined, but all procedures have been set in place. The same recording we heard from the beginning episode, and then you realize that even though they're walking through a very uh, desolate and derelict ship, it's the same think tank that Skagra left originally. Um, the The doctor realizes this is a, a think tank and, and what it is. And they go into the room, the main room, where the controls were, and the doctor discovers the controls and starts to um, to look at them and say, oh, that's quite fascinating, or quite interesting. And Chris is, he's just fascinated by all this, and it seems more commonplace to the doctor. And he's just overwhelmed. And they turn and they realize that Neither of them had seen that there are five old and wizened men in the room, kind of uh, clinging to each other, and um, so these five others are alive from the think tank. Skagra reads more on the book, and as he reads the book, he realizes that the Sentry console of the TARDIS is moving as he turns the page and then further realizes that as he finishes the book, when he turns the last page, it should take him to Shada. So the other five um, had had their minds taken by Skagra. Um, Skagra informs uh, the carrier ship, the command ship, <coughs> uh, of his plan, of what he's found out that he's going, that he'll be going to Shada to continue his mission. So the doctor has a task for Chris, who he calls Bristol. I'm not quite sure if I missed why. I think he's from Bristol, Correct. and I think Professor says that in his recap of Chris's history and future. Um, is I have a favor to ask of you. It's probably, you might not be very comfortable, but uh, we soon see that the doctor has set Chris in one of the chairs of the think tank around the console, and um, one of the other men uh, is there as well when the doctor turns the controls on, um, and uh, they're going to try to discover what happened to them and who they are, etc., by linking them to the machine. One, the one awakes uh, from his trance and says, Skagra! And the, um, the doctor comes over to talk to him. K9 is still trying to hold off the crag in the bridge or the, ship, the ship's bridge main control area. The old man introduces himself as Caldera in one of the great intellects of his time of the galaxy and I forget what he said his great field of study was but he then introduces the other four as other um, great minds and great thinkers of the universe and uh, the doctor kind of shakes a hand, touches a, a shoulder and one um, touches both cheeks of one, one older man and then kind of just does a hand signal uh, to the to the fourth, um, in a way of greeting them. Doctor, and then of course the other was Doctor Skagra, um, 
Caldera says he was a geneticist and cyberneticist and um, a also a theologian, but they didn't really know where he came from or where where he hailed from. What what else about him? Just that he paid really well to set up this think tank, and they, he asked them all to to come there um, in order to do this mind transfer transference, and they built the sphere. But by the time they built the sphere, they realized it was too late, and he stole their minds as well. The canine is running out of power. Caldera says how Skagra told him that he needed one more mind to make his think tank complete and achieve what he wanted. Um, and he tries to remember and tries to remember and comes up with the name finally he needed. Soliaven, the master criminal. Canine retreats because he's out of power and he can't hold back the crag anymore. Chris awakens and the doctor asks how he is and he's, he's brilliant and he's never felt better, he says. Um, the crag follows Canine. Canine is drained. He can't fight it off anymore, as the doctor asks. So the doctor tries to reach the controls and the crag threatens him and then comes the closer and closer it's a large um, very uh, big overlapping panels and the panels are all kind of reflecting a fiery orange and red in the in its covering and it's advancing on the doctor in the end so um we hear a lot about what the story is in this one. Yeah. This is one of the related ones. It's another hard hit by the lack of filming. Yeah. I mean, we haven't actually, has Romani even had any lines or anything in the last one? I don't remember if she did in the last one. She Which must have because they were in his there's office. There's some filming. Yeah. Um, And she got abducted in the or, last yeah, one. Yeah, she gets abducted. So we at least see her in the last one. In this one, we only see some still shots as he's looking through the globe, or through the sphere, to uh, to try to read information. She's kind of pictured, but there's no live-action scenes and no, no scenes with her, really. Mm-mm. Um, it was kind of easy to get lost in what the action was when he just relates it because he talks through it fairly quickly. It's like, okay, now what did he say happened? Mm-hmm. So I had, to, I had to back up a little bit at one point because uh, I was catching up from the live action to the related action, which happens faster. <laughs> um I don't know. Something seemed something seemed a little convenient in this one. Something seemed a little like what? Uh, it it seems a convenience to me that the doctor is able to um, take over the invisible ship and turn into a TARDIS. Mm, yeah. You know, he, 
this trip was going to take three months to get to the carrier ship where he needed to go where K-9 told him to track the TARDIS to and he's able to, to make the, the ship um, be able to materialize, dematerialize well, except that if Skagra was such a fan of a Time Lord, he may have figured out how to do basic time travel. There are issues with that, I understand. Yeah. But. So why, you know, that's why I wonder, so why did the ship tell the Doctor it going to take three months to get caught up to the other Mm-hmm. True. And then when they get to the carrier ship, it's overgrown and derelict, and the the f- five men that were left have aged considerably. But I guess that that could be. But is that a problem that. in the time travel device? I guess it could be. Or is there more going it. on? I don't know. I guess we. It could be. Something like that. But my real problem was there how the doctor was able to make it into a TARDIS. It yeah, seemed. True. Or maybe I just missed something in the explanation of that. Or the Or it just wasn't very clear it. because of the lack of True. Any real filming. Yeah, having more filming might have had some type of a techno time babble uh, scene saying that you know, he had this extra part from some other thing and, you know, and he could rewire this circuit and add this little part that he has in his umpteen pockets. And, and reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then some things were, were fairly commonplace. Um, that K-9 was blasting the enemy creature and holding it off until he runs out of power. So. Yeah. That, that's a usual thing for Yeah, that's nine. fairly common. He'll last just long enough to keep the monster away until they need the monster to advance the story. Yeah. Or provide a cliffhanger. Yep. And that's exactly what he does. Yep. So. so. Um. I do find it interesting, so we kind of mentioned it a little bit, I do find it interesting that they go back to the, that they call the carrier ship, which is the, um, the think tank that we started with, mm-hmm. and that everything is so much, so aged so much, so that's an interesting thing that I hope we find out more about. Yeah, and I don't remember if it's explained or not. Yeah. Um. What did we think of the, the professor being stranded in time? See, that's where I thought you were going when with convenience. When he was departing. I was going to, yeah, I was thinking of that too. It's convenient that, you know, he's snagged, kind of snatched up by his TARDIS. His time spirit or whatever, do we want to guess? To make, He means something like that? Maybe. That his the spirit of his... Time Lord Self was uh, caught in this uh, accidental activation of his TARDIS um, so that he can be there to help and direct Claire. Kind of a ghost in the bottle. Mm -hmm. 
ghost in the machine. Well, and it could just be a side effect of, what, dying in the TARDIS? Could be. We don't know that about timelines. So mm-hmm. it could be that it, the residual spirit, uh, whatever allows them to regenerate, maybe, mm-hmm. could be. is before it found its way home, since it didn't pass its regenerations, that it was able to be picked up. I guess I have less problem with that being as, as convenient as the, the ship and the doctor. Um, I could reason through sure. the time lord mystique of stuff we don't know, figure out how this might have happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, some of the time lord abilities are for writing expedients. Yeah. They put it in there just to get them out of a bind. That they've written themselves into. Mm-hmm. To be honest, that's how we first got regeneration, really. Yeah. William Hartnell needed to leave the show. And they didn't want to stop the and show. And they didn't want to stop the show. So sometimes you can get a, a real stroke of genius. Sure. In, Absolutely. In trying to, to work your fictional construct into the rea- the reality of the TV show. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? um, I did find it uh, an interesting bit that uh, when they're talking about Shada, of what it is, first of all, I don't know that we known it was a prison, did we? Or we did, but I don't know yes. if we learned it. Yes? I believe okay. we did know that. Okay. But he does talk a little bit about that and how... I guess we find out a little more about it and that it was... The danger part of the book is that it's such a... Uh, the prison was hidden mm-hmm. and hidden intentionally and the secret, the key to it, put in this book so that everyone else could like forcibly forget where it was. Right. And it's so dangerous because the book will tell you where it is. And then I, I think more than that, the book is what takes, takes you, you there. there. <coughs> Which is what I was gonna say is that I think it's kind of nice how the book actually like drives. So this Time Lord book mm-hmm. actually drives the TARDIS mm-hmm. to get to the prison. Yeah, <coughs> to Shada. I thought that was very, it's a nice idea. Interesting touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's what Douglas Adams is good at. Mm-hmm. Or like, sort of like so many other things, though. He has so many ideas, and not all of them work that well. Yeah. But in this case, that's one of the better ones. I also, I really like we didn't really talk about this last episode, but I really like that the TARDIS was the room. Yeah, the study was the, was the or his rooms, his offices, yeah. essentially. One of the things that I had t- alluded to earlier in the first episode, I think, um, the doctor 
landing his TARDIS inside Professor Cronotus's office means we had a TARDIS within a TARDIS. Yeah. Which, if I remember correctly, in the third Doctor's time, was uh, something you couldn't do. It actually would cause them to explode. Wasn't it referred to as a time ram? Well, was that when they were trying to materialize two TARDISes at the same point? Isn't that what this is? Sort no. of? Yeah, maybe not. Or materialization at the same time. Whereas this TARDIS has been in place. Okay. I don't mean at the same time as in the same day. Hmm. I mean at the same second materializing. Maybe. Is what I was thinking of. And I think it was him and the Master having that problem. Well, I know for a fact, too, that we're going to see the TARDIS within a TARDIS come back Yes. later. I remember something like that happening, too. And But didn't he already do that? It materialized inside the Master's TARDIS or the t Master materialized inside his TARDIS? Maybe he did. I think that he's already done that, the third, the third okay. Doctor. I think it was they were both trying to materialize the TARDIS's master and the doctor. Okay. Because, yeah, in future episodes of the fourth doctor, I, I know there's um, some TARDIS within the TARDIS activity. Late fourth doctor, right? Yes. Sorry, I realize nodding my head is not going to help you. Yes. <laughs> Late fourth doctor. <laughs> um, and then I, I think it's really kind of cool that we introduce, get introduced to these great minds of the universe or whatever we put in this think tank. It's kind of sad, really, that they've been stuck there for so long, it seems, and uh, had their, their intellects yeah. gathered and taken into this sphere. Uh, but it, a couple cute things happened when they were going towards the think tank and the doctor asked, because uh, Bristol, Chris has just gone googly-eyed over being on spaceship and looking around him and everything and uh, says something, the doctor says something about, well, you understand Einstein, or he always says something about traveling faster than the speed of, of light. Yeah. And uh, so you understand Einstein? Yes. And you understand this and that? And it goes through a list of um, different discoverers of uh, this and such. And then he says, oh, well, you've got a lot to unlearn. <laughs> I really like yeah, that. That was pretty funny. Uh, and then when the doctor is greeting the, the other minds, it's just so funny and goofy. He doesn't even say anything, but the way that, you know, he does a shake, I forget what he does with all of them, but the one that made me laugh was he reached out and just touched both cheeks of one guy. <laughs> it almost strikes me as being too much, but it is kind of humorous. Yeah. But if you focus on what Caldera is saying and he's introducing them, you could kind of miss it. it I just thought it was pretty 
a l- nice little touch. Yeah. And then does a little, you know, fist in the air, little uh, salute kind of to the last one who's standing farther away that he can't reach. <laughs> it's like, hello, hello. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we're over halfway in our story. Just two more. Yeah. See how where we go. Do you have anything else before the cliffhanger? I don't think so. I didn't write anything else down, did you? Mm-mm. So cliffhanger. Uh, big carbon scaly reflective monster that we don't really know too much about coming after the doctor and Chris. Eh. <laughs> I actually thought he looked kind of cool. Yeah, he the the way they had the like almost armor plating, you mm-hmm. know, uh, scales, uh, very angular scales, um, and like then lit said, with the fire, yeah, or whatever you want to call it. It was hard to describe. That it's almost like it was reflecting a fire in front of it, but you know, there wasn't one mm-hmm. that we could see, so it was like they were projecting a, a fire or some bur- something burning and. And it was not over all of it, but just part of it. And then, uh, yeah, they did that pretty nicely. But I, I don't think we know much more about them, do we? The Scrags? Scrubs? Scrubs? Not really. Okay. It's not something I missed in relating. He didn't really talk about them. I think... Uh, when the first one's created, the one, that that one, I guess, um, it was built or assembled by a machine in Skagra's oh, and ship the, or something like that. Okay, I think that was when they were relating the part about how Ramana and Skagra were on the carrier ship. Yeah. But that's about all that we know. Okay. But, <clears throat> yeah, I thought it looked pretty nice, actually. And then, Well, maybe that was the, the fire, the burning part was, maybe that was where Canine's blaster was was hitting it. Yeah, it maybe. Absorbed. I don't think so, though. It was absorbing some of that power. Or it was just, maybe it was his anger coming towards them to destroy them. I think it's more volcanic reference, since pretty much all five of the scientists said a name that had something to do with a volcano or location that's on a volcano. Oh, or I didn't catch the other, other four. Well, Caldera is the main guy. Yeah, I didn't catch And then the one other. of them is a volcanic island, oh. an actual island name, and it happens to be a volcanic a Greek island. Santorini is one of the guys. Uh-huh. And I can't remember the other two now. Ia, I think, was one of them. Which is a, a town on a volcanic island. Uh. And then the last one was something similar. They're all related to volcanoes and that sort of thing. So I suspect oh. that the Scrag is volcanic in uh. nature. 
Okay. Good. I didn't catch that. I didn't. I heard Caldera. It's like that's kind of interesting that it's an actual thing mm-hmm. for a name because that's not usual for Doctor Who, really. Right. Um, like Skagra. You know, they've come up with a. You know, they have more alien sounding, more fictional sounding names, mm-hmm. you know, than having them be named for an actual item or, you know, having a noun for the name of it, you know, is kind of unusual. But I didn't catch the others that they were related to volcanoes. So, so that's interesting and good, good enough for. You know, having to have uh, the monster, cre- a creature coming towards them. At least it looked nice and uh, was fairly interesting. And we don't know that much about them, so we could certainly want to find out more. Mm-hmm. So as effective as a, a, a the creature ending could be in this one. Aquatiri was the last one. Oh. And the first one was Ephira. Just took me a while to find them. Okay. Anything else? Nope. All right. We'll join us tomorrow when we talk about part five of Shada. I hope you join us then, and thank you for listening. Thank you.